and welcome to the Three Inning Save podcast. What year is it? <laughs> uh, have you? Uh, so I, uh, I've been gone for a while. We can we'll go in. I guess uh, after the break a little bit. Uh, what is is baseball still being played? Yeah. Um, so I know some of our previous episodes this this season have been like. Wow, the Dodgers are kind of middling. They're they're winning as many as they're losing. Here's what's happening. That, that's where I left off. I have you know I, I've I've seen their record. I have watched a handful of games <clears throat> here and there, or pieces of games, I should say. Uh, so I, you know I, I know they got better, but I I, I literally can't tell you why uh, mm-hmm. or what has occurred since then. So I'm excited for you to catch me and the listener up. I'm sure our listeners already know, but uh, for you to you know at least catch me up. They're they're an unstoppable super team is what we're going to get at in this episode. <laughs> so uh, it's a runaway freight train, as we all know. No, uh, yeah, we will. I got a lot to share with you. No, and but yes, you up on. after yes. this. <laughs> yeah. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So when I left, the offense was very you know, score 9, score 0, score not 10, score 1. The back end of the rotation was bad, and the bullpen was uh, charitably inconsistent and more more uh, accurately probably just straight up bad. Uh, what's what's the state of things uh, in the last month or so? So broad overview, all of that was like very, very wet cement, and, and various Dodgers kept walking on it and messing it up. But in the last like three, four weeks, they've, essentially smoothed out the cement and it's and it's starting to dry so it's like it's a little it's a lot better now i didn't think i was going to be able to come up with that but like yeah that was pretty solid. um no the entire episode is actually going to be cement metaphors so <laughs> that's right yeah um uh jd martinez hit a cement mixer from joe musgrove for a three-run homer on Sunday, saturday yeah uh that was one um no, so yeah, they've so you mentioned the 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 offense, right? You're right. Like it was, uh, it wasn't like fully like feast or famine, but it was like score eight, nine, or ten, and then two or three, like mm-hmm. a bunch of times, and to the point where before we're recording this on May 14th, Mother's Day, for anyone uh, who has a time machine. Um, but before this weekend series against the Padres that just completed. The Dodgers in their first 38 games had not scored exactly four runs in any game this year. So, like, they were always, like, somewhere near it, but not never exactly four. Um, and not that that is, like, some important thing. However, it was sort of notable in that every other major league team before Friday had done that at least twice. Like, and most of them done it, did it, like, multiples of multiple times. So... Um, I think the average was something like three or four, I think four per team. Um, so, um, but just in the most recent series, sweeping the Padres, the Dodgers scored exactly four in all three games. <laughs> so to, to sort of catch up on this. Um, but it's, we also earlier in the season where they weren't syncing up, like some games, their offense would hit but then their pitching would be bad and the bullpen would give up a bunch of runs. So they'd lose or um, their pitching would be really good, but then they couldn't get a hit with runners in scoring position to save their lives. So they did. So they weren't syncing up. Now their, their pitching has been much steadier. Uh, the offense, I think when you recorded last, uh, when we recorded last, I think Will Smith had just gone on the concussion injured list. Would I, you remember I, that I, at all? I feel like he might have just gotten, back or was like close to coming back but no it's been it's been longer than that yeah maybe maybe i'm just absolutely making things up so i i will say for the offense the one um sort of marker uh for them sort of stabilizing is will smith returning um 
that was, I believe, April twenty-eighth. Yeah, yeah. I I don't think I don't remember when. So we, April for so that that could be. Um, uh, yeah. To clarify a little bit, I and to explain a little bit on why I am completely. Oh, yeah, we, 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 we yeah. were going to do that. To leave. <laughs> I, Sorry. Uh, I went on a work trip where I was still watching the games fairly frequently to Utah. I was expecting to be there a week. I ended up only being there a weekend because my uh, son was born seven weeks Yay. premature. So, oh. <laughs> good timing, man. Yeah. Jeez. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know what you meant, man. Fix that in post, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, uh, he's doing fine, He's but he's still at the NICU, and, uh, and the NICU is um, it's a bit of a drive away. It's a 45-minute drive, which... Maybe for you LA people, uh, you still live there. Not much in Kansas City. It's it's quite a bit. Uh, so it's just been it's been an ordeal, and have not had the the spoons. Uh, I have to go to bed earlier, which means I can't really stay up for the games, and also yeah. just don't have the time. So that's why I'm behind. It's slowly slowly getting a bit of a routine, slowly able to watch a little bit more baseball. So hopefully by the time, hopefully we're back in a kind of a regular schedule. There might be another miss or two here or there while. We get him home, but should resume something closer to normal schedule, certainly than the last few weeks. And, you know, since we are recording this on Mother's Day, now that you have two kids, your your wife now has double mom superpowers. So That's like, true. Yeah, so that, that's that's just science. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, I was going to ask, because like, I think the last time we recorded was, I, I don't believe we recorded in the in the Austin Winds era, which is now over, by the way. Um, <laughs> the, so Will Smith had a concussion. Um, he missed a, the first two games of the Cubs series before they were figuring out what was wrong. Um, he got hit in the mask, like three foul tips in the Giant series. This is mid-April. So that Sunday, they sign Austin Winds as a free agent. Smith goes on a concussion IL. Uh, he misses about two weeks, and um, Austin Wins started the year with the Giants, played four, five games with the Dodgers, started four at catcher, then got claimed off waivers by the Rockies. So he's he's three fifths of a Steve Finley, but in one season. So like, there's a chance, like, there's still a possibility that he could play for all five teams in the National League West. In <laughs> in one year would be record breaking, but. Since Will Smith came back, um, the Dodgers are thirteen and two. <laughs> so he, him sort of being in the lineup, uh, you know, rather than like you know Austin Barnes, he was great last year, like all around. I think um, this year he hasn't really hit. In fact, I think if I if I saw this right, he he played today. I think I saw like over the weekend one of his hits this year was like just change to an error um in like one of those like really late mlb scoring changes so like he's just he's facing a hard battle like from all fronts like he got he got a hit and they're like you know this you get to have this hit and then like a couple weeks later they take it away um but having like smith in there pretty much every game you know you know he's catcher so he gets days off but jd martinez was out two weeks with lower back tightness so it freed up dh a little bit so smith's been playing a lot um, and then they got Martinez back this, this weekend. Um, but Smith's been the stabilizer 13 and two with him in the lineup. Martinez is back. Now, if you go back to the first part of the year and then this weekend, the top four of Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Will Smith, JD Martinez, they've only played together 12 of the 41 games the Dodgers have played so far, but in those 12 games, they're eight and four, which, which is actually not that far far off from their record they're 26 and 15 right now so like they're they're playing really well but like they have average like five and 5.67 runs a game so like their offense is humming with with like sort of everyone on board they've been getting contributions um james outman was rookie of the month i have uh, we're going to talk about him in a little bit miguel vargas has sort of picked up the slack uh in may he got hit by a pitch on his thumb early april they were talking about maybe um he was compensating a bit. He he only missed he missed a couple games with that, but he wasn't necessarily hurt. But I think he was sort of compensating in his swing. They fixed that mechanically, and he's been kind of pumping out extra base hits for the last two weeks. Um, he doubled in two on Sunday, the day we're recording. Um, so he's been doing really well. So the lineup's like a little, you know, it's longer than it was. It wasn't like very top heavy. Um, 
Muncie had the major league lead in home runs for a while. He's actually been sick uh, the last like week, week and a half, but he's been playing sort of sort of playing through. But has he's been slumping a little bit. But um, yeah, it's it's like a good lineup uh, generally. Um, yeah, have you? What have you been able to see? Like, just have, have, do you remember any highlights the last couple of weeks, or is it just kind of all blurred? It's you? been yeah. I, basically, what I've been able to do is at the end of a game, every other game maybe I remember to watch the highlights of before you know the next game starts, and then I'm, I'm just behind at that point. So. Uh, there was a walk-off grand slam. I saw that. That was nice. Oh yeah, th- that was Muncie. And and okay, so the build-up to that was fun because that well, that was Gavin Stone's major league debut, by the way. Uh, so far, his only game pitched in the majors. Uh, they called him up to sort of reset the rotation a little bit, uh, give people extra rest, and uh, they fell behind uh, five nothing early. Uh, he was a little shaky. Um, had a big inning against them, pitched four innings. But then they sort of chipped away, chipped away, and then it gets to the point where it's 6-6 and Craig Kimbrell starting the ninth. And uh, they loaded the ba- he loaded the bases. I don't remember if it was zero or one out. But, like, it was not that you can never predict a home run, but if, if there was any combination of, like, situation where it seemed possible that that could happen, uh, it, it definitely did. But, yeah, that was – that was interesting. It was the first. I almost. Oh, I, f- I forgot. I was going to ask you. This was going to be my trivia question to you, but I didn't remember uh-huh. it until uh-huh. just right now. It was the first Dodgers walk-off grand slam since Andre Ethier in 2010. Um, if you uh, if you remember back then in the Dodgers thoughts days, I believe, uh, and maybe a little before that, but I believe he had all those walk-offs in t- 2009, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I believe his his nickname was Andre, which is which <laughs> was pretty funny. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where they're at on the, on the offense. Um, talk to me, talk to me about the bullpen. Let's go, let's go there. Oh yeah. So, um, Alex Vesia was probably the biggest sort of, uh, like poster boy is like, you know, weird way to put it, but like sort of emblematic of of the struggles, like the difference between this year and last year, Yancy Almonte as well, really struggled to start, um, both were excellent uh, the last, you know, last year. Um, Vesia, um, not sure exactly what's going on with him. He's just been giving up a ton of hits. His usual thing is he's um, he's very effective in the strike zone. He's not like walking a ton, so it's not that big of a deal there. But I th- uh, like I just wonder like it's hard to know, and I don't remember if anyone's talked to him about this or not. But like possibly maybe he has been affected like by the pitch clock. Maybe he struggled to adjust. I don't know. Or maybe he's trying to adjust and it's affected him his pitching, but it got to the point where he actually got sent down um, a week and a half ago or so. Um, and then like his first game in AAA, he allowed like two home runs to lefties. One of them was on an O2 pitch. And in the previous, like, or since he became a Dodger in 2021, in the majors and minors, he gave up one home run total to lefties. So mm-hmm. it's like, so he's just really kind of having a bad way. He's had a couple good outings in AAA since then. So, like, maybe it's just a matter of time, but like, the how they sort of stabilized. Um, Justin Brule and Victor Gonzalez both started the year really well in AAA. Uh, Brule's always he's been in the two years he's been with the Dodgers he's a big splits guy and the three batter minimum kind of sort of limits how they can use him sometimes and that righties have generally crushed him this year he's doing much better against righties so it's helped him and he he was really good in AAA like striking out 40 percent of the batters he's been effective in the majors not really striking out a ton he's he struck out enough like I think he struck out two today in the ninth inning to close out a four nothing win Victor Gonzalez has looked like his pre-elbow um, surgery self, uh, looking like he was in like 2020 um, and then early into 2021. Um, so those two guys have been really good. And then they've just been fairly solid, like Evan Phillips, Caleb Ferguson, um, Bruce Dargratterall are like the three sort of back-end guys. And then 
Phil Bickford's been really good. He had one blow-up outing last Monday in Milwaukee, but has otherwise been excellent. Shelby Miller's been pretty good. Hasn't been really a high-leverage guy. He's walked a ton of guys, but he's also striking out guys. So, like, I think just generally they've been pretty good. Um, I will say what's funny about, like, I guess it had been a while since I had, like, observed phil bickford but like um just <laughs> seeing seeing well, some baseball players are weird because you see them up close sometimes and you're like oh yeah base, some baseball players are really tall like you know jason hayward seems like a tree like he's so he's so <laughs> big um but like um phil bickford his hair is glorious like to the point where i almost think he should be allowed to pitch without a hat like it's it's like um, it's like Spicoli from um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, like times three or something. It is it is extreme. Like he he walked in the clubhouse the other day, and I don't know if it was, like it was just the way it was, but like the the front of the hair was like just fully up too. But he has like the long flow. He's basically he could be in like Poison or White Snake, like any of those '80s hair metal bands. Like he would fit in seamlessly. But he's also yeah, but he's also been pitching well. Um, so yeah, like so they have they've sort of cleaned that up a bit. But also, since Tony Gonsolin's come back, um, it took him a little bit because they they sort of cut short his rehab to only one minor league start. So the first couple major league starts, he was a little bit limited. He's been really good the last two times out where he's been kind of no limits, um, and so that gives them essentially like four really good starters. Um, Noah Syndergaard not has not been good. Uh, we've all, we've also learned over the last week or so um, more than I ever want to know about Dermabond. Do you know what Dermabond is? <laughs> no, I really still don't. But it's um it's a skin adhesive. Um, so he has a uh, a blister on his right index finger, and they were have been dealing with this for a little bit so he's started six times before last week in milwaukee um the first three games he was having no problems but then i think he started developing the problems after that so they put this um the dermabond like on the finger and then it's sort of i don't know how to describe it except i think the, the best analogy is it's magic shell um uh where it just sort of hardens on there and to the point, so that way, uh, like a blister, instead, so it won't burst. Um, you sort of, it's a protective layer around the skin. So it sort of sets and it's protected. However, the the downside of that is, and Noah Syndergaard hasn't said this, but like the possibility is, you, well, you just don't have the feel for it because you're not, your, your actual skin isn't touching the ball. It's like a a cover of it in a sense, um, almost like a glue, not a glue, but like something like that. It's allowed by major league baseball. The Dodgers did check with that, but like, um, so that's been an issue. The only thing is, so his numbers aren't good in either three start stretch. So he had three starts with the Dermabond on three starts without, he has like a over 60 RA total, but like, um, the one thing he was striking batters out the first three starts, like 20 something percent, he struck out four batters in the three games with with the stuff, and um, they they thought they were over it in Milwaukee, um, so he didn't have any like coating on it, and he goes out there and there and it was cut like, so he finishes out the first inning, and then they they showed it a couple times on the broadcast and it's like a deep cut it looks nasty, and I guess how it was described after was. They, well, he had to come out after an inning, and be, because he was bleeding all over the ball. <laughs> like, so, and it's not something you can't just like. Well, just put more stuff on it. It takes time to like set, you know. So it's not like it's not like um, an immediate fix. It, it's something you basically do several hours before the game, you know, to sort of get ready. He pitched. Syndergaard uh, pitched a bullpen session on. Saturday, everything seemed to go fine. It was a pretty high-intensity bullpen session. I was watching it, um, and he's going to pitch Monday. So uh, we'll see how that goes. But that's sort of that's sort of the the one uh, iffy spot 
of of the Dodgers rotation, and they're sort of working through that right now. Well, I feel I feel caught up. I think what what else what else do you need to need to catch me up on? So I guess I just remember. So we, um, since we recorded in April, uh, had Kershaw gotten his two hundredth win? But when when we recorded, I, I want to say no. At least yeah. I don't. Re- I don't recall talking about he's, it. He's won two hundred games since the last time we recorded. No. <laughs> um, so he got his two hundredth career win. He also had a that was a game against the Mets. Seven innings, like no runs, no walks, nine strikeouts. He also had another seven inning, no run, no walk, nine strikeout game against the Cardinals. He was the pitcher of the month for April. Uh, he led the National League in innings in April, which, like, honestly, like, this stage of Kershaw, I, I mean, it's only a month, but, like, I did not expect that, right. you know, from him. But he's been generally very, very good. Um, now, he had one, like, he, he got hit around a little bit in the first game of the first Dodgers-Padres series, which was last weekend in San Diego. So the Padres won that opener, um, five to two, and then after the game, uh, someone who runs the uh, Petco Park scoreboard put up a meme of a of crying Kershaw on the scoreboard for all the fans at Petco Park to see. Like, and it was it was pretty weird too. Like, um, you know, it's just it was like a sad picture of Kershaw, but then they like added cartoon tears to it, so it's like even more second rate than you could possibly think. That's uh, we, I did the, I I probably saw slash heard more about this than any actual baseball play. In yeah, to to the Dodgers' credit, they were pretty much all at least publicly taking the high road. Um, to the it was like Kershaw was like. Yeah, you know, if you don't like it, pitch better, basically. Yeah. But he didn't, he didn't want to, like, say much more than that. Dave Roberts didn't say much. But I will say, um, so, uh, so last week, we I only, only recorded one episode when, uh, in the interim between the last time we recorded. I had John Wiseman on last week, and we just sort of Jeez. were similarly yeah. playing catch-up. <laughs> yeah, slash interviewing yeah. him for co-hosts. I guess, you know, if you're going to replace yeah. me eventually, just replace me for the best. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but I, I enjoyed his choice of words here because we, d- we did talk about this. Um, he called the crying Kershaw meme stunt by the Padres contemptible. And I thought that was kind of a perfect <laughs> word for what it was. I will say, so the Dodgers and Padres kept playing more games after that. Uh, oh, how'd those go? Weekend. Yeah, well... <laughs> Uh, the Padres did not win any of them. Uh, the Dodgers won five. Um, so yeah, and they have not, uh, they have not, to my knowledge, put anything else up on the Petco Park score. Why would they today? They were playing at Dodger Stadium, but yeah, um, just, just, uh, the Dodgers are up seven uh, on the Padres at the moment. The Padres are under 500. Uh, it's again early in the season, but like if you looked at, even like the most, um, like Padres leaning like projections. I don't think even I think Fangraphs probably had the the more the biggest spread between the two teams with the Padres winning the division. I don't think it was seven games for the whole. Like they weren't seven games projected to be seven games better than the Dodgers that I remember. But like let's just assume though, if the Padres are projected to be a a team that wins seven more games than the Dodgers. Well, like about a quarter of the season is already done. Right. So a, that's hard enough. So like the Dodgers, they, they, it's, it's, it's a good thing that they've, for them, that they've sort of built this advantage. And uh, yeah. So, and I will say this, the Dodgers also to their, to their credit, they, they've been kind of downplaying just the rivalry in general. Um, but more like Dave Roberts said multiple times, I think over the last week and a half, uh, we just sort of concentrate on, uh, ourselves and can't really get caught up in it. And like, I think they're pretty, they're generally pretty good at that. Um, you know, to a point where they really don't, 
I, they don't, when they lose, it's not because they're distracted. You know what I mean? Like they're not like overhyping something. Um, so I, I think they're pretty good at just like, you know, going out there trying to win and like, but I, I'm sure, even though they're not publicly saying, I'm sure they took a, a decent amount of satisfaction from winning sure. both of those series against the Padres. So, so we are recording on Mother's Day. However, there True. was sad news over the weekend um, on Saturday, the day before Mother's Day. Clayton Kershaw's mom died. Um, so Kershaw's challenge was dedicating, along with the Dodgers Foundation, one of their, like, a couple of dream fields in Inglewood. And I believe Kershaw was supposed to – he was in the press release, like before the event, he was going to be at the event. But then Ellen Kershaw, his wife, uh, was at the event and gave a speech, and he Kershaw was not there. Clayton Kershaw was not there. Um, did not notice this till later. I did not go to that event. But during um, Ellen Kershaw's speech, it was a very moving speech. And she, she said, and, um, you know, uh, in his Mother's Day, like – uh, he was talking about Kershaw's love of baseball and how that was instilled in him by his mom, who was always there for him, that sort of thing. And we're, we're dedicating these fields to his, his mom who, who went to be with the Lord like this morning. And I was like, Oh, Oh no. So mm-hmm. we asked, we asked Dave Roberts about this Sunday. Kershaw was around. He didn't really, wasn't really like talking, but like, it's, it's not like he was, there was ever a point where it was like, you know, he was around any report. He was just sort of there, but like, didn't, didn't talk about yeah so the plan is he's gonna start tuesday and then i think after that is probably uh when he's gonna do like a bereavement leave if, if they're depending i don't know what the timing of like any potential like service will be but i think that's sort of the the loose plan right now but it's like you know a lot of the sort of reaction on sunday was and let's that's that's tough like i like i personally know but not that i would like it's not a similar situation i just i know i couldn't i wouldn't be able to go out and pitch right like Mm -hmm. like, like that. Uh, i was sharing this uh my mom passed uh in 2008 and like it wasn't sudden she was diagnosed with with lung cancer like a pretty aggressive lung cancer and given like three or four months to live and she ended up lasting like a year and a half after that. So there was like a lot of like, it's coming. We just don't know when. But then when she passed, it was like a Friday night. And then I went back to work on Monday. Um, and we were going to have the the funeral the, the coming Friday. And, but like at about 9.30 a.m. on Monday, I was sitting there at work. And I'm like, I, I can't do this right now. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, just, I was just like unable to function. But like I think also people people grieve in their own way. So like, you know, I don't I'm I don't mean to I'm not ascribing anything to Kershaw. It's just like, you know, that they probably have a very um sort of pragmatic way and I'm sure his family is on board with whatever he's doing. So it's not like anything like that. But yeah, I just I just hope that, you know, he's sort of able to have time to sort of um process all that because that's it's pretty sad news absolutely and yeah you know prayer prayers to him and his family especially having it happen you know right around mother's day is has to yeah. be tough yeah for sure well i don't want to transition to a trivia question <laughs> um okay instead of the trivia question how about three innings safe let's talk um so we are the three inning save podcast. Um, the, we had two of those in the majors in the last week. Uh, Davey Garcia for the Yankees on Thursday. It was an 11 to three game against the A's. Do you Kevin, have like a save search on stat or something for this? That's uh, not like a saved one. I just, it's like, it's doesn't, it doesn't take that long to look up on, on stat head. Uh-huh. So I just double check every once in a while. Um, but, um, Kevin, I think it's I think it's Herget H E R G E T, but you know never Herget uh, his his game on Friday against the Mets. He's a Reds pitcher, um, five nothing. So that was a, a relatively close one. However, what I wanted to talk about was the Rays. I don't want to say they have a disregard for the three inning save because they have two pitchers who have pitched three inning saves for them, but they've jettisoned both of them like almost immediately afterward. 
I know we talked about previously um, on another podcast, Braden Bristow earlier in the year, his major league debut, uh, he had a three inning save. Then they, they DFA'd him the next day. He's now a tiger. Chase Anderson on May 3rd, got a three inning save. I believe he had five scoreless innings total for the Rays. And they're like, you know what? Not good enough, buddy. We're, we're DFAing you. And uh, now he's with the Rockies. So um, up now, uh, now we're, like I said, about a quarter of the way through the season. We've had 11 three-inning saves so far in the majors. So that's that's where we're at with the name namesake of the podcast. Yeah. Exciting. I, 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 I missed hearing about them. But so, I'm, I'm excited for, you know, I wonder... I do wonder if we'll get, you know, the four inning says or anything a little bit more uh, unusual, but in, even so the ordinary ones. To bring this here. somewhat Dodger centric. So in, in the Sunday game, a three inning save was not going to happen. They were they were up four nothing after after six. Um, but Victor Gonzalez pitched the seventh. Then he went out to pitch the eighth. And then it got to the point where there was actually a mound visit when um, I don't remember who was up. Um, oh, I think it was Fernando Tatis. And like a 4 nothing lead, no, nobody on. They, they let him face Tatis. But I was thinking, well, here uh, he's not getting a three-inning save at this point. But then Dave Roberts did not pull the, bring the hook with him. So like it's still technically possible. But then he walked Tatis and they took him out. So like it, again, he wasn't going to get a three-inning save. But I always am watching for one uh, it, if there's a possibility of it happening. But... In AAA, Andre Jackson, our patron saint of the three-inning save, who had one earlier this year for the Dodgers, um, he, in a 3-2 game Saturday night in AAA, Jackson's been pitching well of late. His last four outings in AAA are two scoreless innings of relief. It's it's happened like every three days, too, so he's kind of on schedule. He, he pitched the first two innings or the seventh and eighth inning on Saturday for Oklahoma City. They're leading 3-2. In my head, I'm thinking, leave him in. Three innings save. But no, they brought in Nick Robertson. He struck out two and got the win. But I was rooting for a three inning save. But uh, sadly, sadly, did not happen. Yeah. However, another, uh-huh. I, I'm trying to think, I'm pretty sure Andre Jackson still has rookie status because he's only been up like a, you know, like I would imagine very so. Yeah. yeah. But another rookie uh, on the Dodgers this year, another rookie who changed their number uh, for right before opening day, Andre Jackson went from 94 to 44. James Outman went from 77 to 33. And he was the NL rookie of the month, which did happen uh, in between the times when we recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, so he struggled a bit in May. However, he's still leading all major league rookies in home runs. Extra base eight, uh, eight home runs, nineteen extra base hits, twenty six runs scored. A couple of those he's tied with, I think, Josh Jung of the Rangers. But um, he has the highest slugging percentage among rookies with at least like fifty plate appearances. There are a few stragglers who are still sort of gotten a bit of a cup of coffee, but not hasn't. Outman's played every game so far. He hasn't started every game, but he's played every game. He also leads the major league rookies in OPS nine oh nine. However, he also struck out three times on Sunday, May 14th, when we're recording this. His 51 strikeouts on the year are tied for fourth most in the majors among all players, not just rookies. Mm-hmm. My question for you is, what is the Dodgers' rookie record for strikeouts? Before you, yeah, damn it. Okay. <laughs> this, is by, this is by a batter, so no, no shenanigans Aww. here. Yeah. Hey, he batted. Was a, he's, there was no designated hitter. <laughs> that would, would it, what if it was him somehow i know obviously that oh, would not have been the case oh, like, but you just like you just were hammering 64 it 64 with like 61 <laughs> strike or something yeah uh all right i will uh I'll, wait do you want the name or the number i i mean i'll take either but i think i'm going for name like, okay. if you if you nail the number like or within like five it'd be great all right i'll uh i'll come up with three names three numbers none will be correct uh but i'll you know i'll give it a shot after this what dodger rookie what's the dodger rookie record is this all all rookies all rookies all uh so okay we're not doing the the la delineation i think it's probably an la dodger and it is uh, hey do i do i win that that yeah uh, that's enough you got it um let's say the record is i'm gonna do num- i'm gonna guess numbers first sure one 
and I'll only get one guess. 181. 181. No, that um, that's low. Oh, I mean, okay. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. That that's high. Okay. But just give me, like, give me really? one second. Yeah. <laughs> it's 181 is a high number. However, like I know strikeouts are up, but yeah, I just yeah, want yeah. to double check something before before I let you go into other um, things here. Da, 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 da. Uh, I because I I want to I want to see what the actual Dodgers record for strikeouts. So the Dodgers record by any hitter for strikeouts in a season, not, you know, not rookie, just any year is less than 181. <laughs> so, Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Not oriented correctly there. Uh, Jack Peterson. Yes. Um, <laughs> so he, he struck out 170 times in 2015. Oh, come on. <laughs> it's still high. It, it is, so, but you made me feel yeah. like I was like this egregious number. <laughs> I was so with that, an eleven. That, that's his high for strikeouts. Um, uh, Chris Taylor, actually, not not a rookie, but he struck out 178 times in 2018. His no, his last two years, he's played less, but struck out at a much higher rate. Um, so yeah, Billy Grabarkowitz is second, 149 in 1970, which was like a bigger deal back then. But I was looking. So just at the you talked about Brooklyn, the last. Uh, the most strikeouts by a Brooklyn Dodger rookie was Hal or Harry Lumley in 1904, which I'm, I'm sure we always talk about uh, when we get together. Uh, 106 strikeouts, which led the league as a rookie. So yeah, all right. He was a right. He was a right fielder. Now you you nailed that one though. That's, that's I'm, I'm content with that. All right, it's time for you to face some trivia questions, and then we're going to talk about food and probably yeah, I guess some other baseball stuff because it's time for. Questions from Crit. Certainly it is not a coincidence that the Dodger offense has gotten better with Will Smith's return. Smith is hitting 351, 457, 649 in 10 games this month. So this week's trivia will be about the Dodgers backstop, Will Smith. We love it. Oh, see, I was a little <laughs> on this one. <laughs> More than a little. We have a delay in our record. No, it's good. Uh, I have lost my cheat sheet, so I'm going to load that up, but I'm going to ask you the first question first. Smith sure. is one of five Dodgers in the wild card era with an 130 or higher OPS plus with a minimum of 1,500 plate appearances and less than 650 games played for the Dodgers. Less? Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, can Eric name the other four Dodgers? Hint, two have also played in 2023. Um. Okay, so I think I think Gary Sheffield qualifies for under six fifty. He does, but just barely. Yeah. Um. Not, uh, oh, because he was a half more, year in ninety eight. Yeah, so, more yeah. more over than my strikeout guess. <laughs> yeah, when you were eleven <laughs> off, and I chewed your head off for no reason. Um. <laughs> no, um, what an no, egregious but I was, guess. It was, it was, no, I was actually curious because I thought. Like someone might have topped. Like I, I was making sure. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so if if someone's two also wait, two also played in twenty twenty three for the Dodgers or just generally? Uh, 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 in in general. All right. So I was thinking about the math here. Sixteen, seventeen, hurt in eighteen, nineteen. 20 heard in 21 wow okay so 650 i'm gonna go Corey seager Corey seager 636 yeah yeah he was gonna be close um uh, with okay, a 131 so, ops plus uh gary sheffield had 160 by the way so yeah he's 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 he was great yeah he hit limited good. <laughs> uh yeah gary sheffield not not so bad um um so the other 2023 one, I'm trying to think, 1,550p. So all the 21, all the 22, and 100 games. Mookie Betts. 134. Um, 18, 19. You're missing one name. Um. Okay. Less than six hundred. You're games. you are missing the leader. Also, give you that. And, it, and OPS plus. What? 
Yeah. Oh, um, wait, no. Yeah. What? Yeah. No. <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Hold on a second here. I'm I'm flabbergasted here for a second. Um how did he have fifteen hundred plate appearances? Wait. Hmm. No, it's not the one I'm thinking of. Um in the excuse me, in the wild card era. Yep. Wait, hold on. Cup. No, it was five full years. I don't uh I'm mad. How is someone ahead of 160? Uh uh for <laughs> doesn't doesn't really make I'm not getting it. Um I, the only thing that came to my mind was Manny, but I don't. I, there's no way he had fifty batted fifteen hundred times for the. It dog. is not, and this is this is a player, and I'm so I'm doing some double checking here for you, real quick. Where uh, uh, wild card era get? We have to be a little specific here. If I get rid of that, was this? Or is it this three? Because <laughs> um, I, I want to see which years. Uh, Craig is including. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'll have to figure this out later. I'm going to tell you, it's Mike Piazza. So, yeah, but there's no way he played fewer than 650. Uh, again, I think this is because of what Craig is counting as wildcard era, and it's the games oh. he played in the wildcard era. Okay, well, here's another thing about not, this is not <laughs> yeah, Craig's fault. I know you're gonna but, you're gonna bring up '94 and yeah, '94. <laughs> in my in my head, I had already included '93 because I was like, he played five years plus part of '98, so he's clearly over 650. But I, I should have not included '93, but you have to include '94. Uh, yeah, okay, I get it. <laughs> uh well, moving on but it, it's not i don't know if it's gonna get yeah get, yeah get better buddy will smith was one of the dodgers first round picks in 2016 and he leads all first round signees with 12 b war can eric name the other three players with at least five b war from the 2016 draft so i don't remember the context of this uh but someone was talking about tweeting about the 2016 draft recently um be of how bad it is basically <laughs> um and i remember looking at it and i know i was like well the dodgers are pretty happy with smith and lux uh i don't believe lux has got to five war um um but, but i but he's he's up he's whatever he's he's up there among um the first round so oh boy um there was there's someone i'm I'm just, oh, no, wait. Yeah, maybe it's, uh, what about Eric Lauer? Eric Lauer, only a 3.9. Okay, so 4.4 of those are against the Dodgers, apparently. <laughs> Except this week, they actually hit him They actually hit him last week. That was, I should have. I should have immediately called you because that was that's one of those where you know like something something is off in the universe. And the Dodgers are hitting Eric Lauer. Um, I, I am... I'll just because I can't think. I just I'll use Gavin Lux as another guess because five point two. Okay, I there's another. I can't remember if it's a pitcher or a position player, but there's someone in like like seven point eight or eight or something like that. Yeah, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yep. And I cannot remember for the life of me who it is. Cal Quantrill. Yeah. All right. All right. I, I think I have, I have a feeling you're not going to like this this sure. next one. Uh, since two, 2019, with a minimum of 1,500 plate appearances, Will Smith is 10th in the National League with a 507 slugging. Can Eric name full? Okay, I'm sorry, four of the nine other players. When I first read this, I thought he was asking <laughs> to name all nine. I was like, oof, we're gonna be here a bit. <laughs> okay, so, um, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, yes. Yes, both. Thank you. But on both with a five seventeen. How about wow. that? <laughs> so, um, since we already know Mookie Betts has fifteen hundred play appearances with the Dodgers, I'm going to say Mookie Betts with a five eighteen. <laughs> um, okay. Um, <laughs> Pete Alonso uh, with five thirty four. That's it. Um, you want to? Yeah, I want to see here. I wanna, um, you want to keep going? Yeah, 
Okay. So 2019, 20, 21, injured 22. I don't think Fernando Tatis has 1,500 plate appearances. So He's not on my list. Yeah, so um trying to think. Oh, um, no. Wait. Oh, yeah. Uh, Manny Machado? <laughs> no. Okay. One more yeah. strike. So, no, you want to take another stab? Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to think of, oh, Max Muncy. Nope. Liar. Okay, <laughs> um, the, the remaining list is bright. I'll, I'll just do the full list. Bryce Harper, Pete Alonzo, Freddie Freeman, Juan Soto, Mookie Betts, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, uh, Ronald Cunha Jr., uh, Nick Cassianos, and then Will Smith. And then just below Will Smith, Kyle Schwarber, and Trey Turner. So before – okay, I, I was – so to, if you count 2018, because Muncy slugged 582 with the Dodgers, he's at he's at 490. But, Got so it. he So didn't, he didn't even make it with that. So he wouldn't – he certainly didn't make it. I was just seeing, trying to see where he was. Will Smith has struck out seven times in 108 plate appearances, which is the fewest with a minimum of 100 plate appearances this season. Can Eric tell us three of the other six Major League Baseball players who have struck out between nine and 14 times in 100-plus plate appearances in 2023? Come on, man. Um, what are we doing here? <laughs> um, don't strike out a lot. That's all you got to do. Luis Arias. Uh, leads uh, correct. Uh, nine, nine strikeouts. So leads just after Will Smith. Um, I'm just kidding. So yeah, I think the leads with no no, way, no, yeah. The he's the best at not striking out other than Will Smith. Smith until he, I think he struck out Saturday because he was at six home runs and six strikeouts for a little bit. That that's how locked in he's been. Um, This is me delaying. Um, Strikeouts. Who doesn't strike out? I don't know. Um, I I don't have Luis Rice is like the only person who was on my mind. I I don't. I don't have a frame of reference for this. Okay. Um, I'm three nationals are on this list. It's kind of interesting. Nationals. Oh, yeah. so like, <laughs> um, Joey Manessis. Nope. Caber Ruiz. That's one of them. Twelve strikeouts. Um. Uh, I. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Adam Frazier, Jeff McNeil, Luis Garcia, sure. and Victor Robles. I I should have gotten McNeil to be honest. Yeah, you did. Uh, I, you did good. Those were hard. Those were yeah. those were not gimmies. So good job. Given the struggles of veterans Trace Thompson and David Peralta, is it possible the Dodgers dip into their system and give? Uh, uh, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn this for once. Is it Pajes? Pajes. Pajes. Thank you. I'm yeah. going to not forget that going forward. Andy Pajes or Johnny DeLuca try this season. So both, they're both on the 40 man. Um, you know, I, I will say, um, they're, so they're both right-handed hitters. Um, so like that's possibly the, you know, it's not apples to apples. Trace Thompson, obviously right-handed Peralta's lefty. So, you know, who knows? But like, so Thompson is is lost. That that's we didn't sort of talk about him earlier, but he's he's been lost. So he home, three home runs, first game of the year, his first game of the year. It was the third game of the season, um, and he's done almost nothing since he mm-hmm. he is um, o for his last thirty, um, and I believe seven for fifty six on the season. Uh, he's he's reduced to starting against lefties, even though he struggled mightily against lefties. But that's more of a function of the Dodgers um, have Jason Hayward. They like to have Peralta in there, and then they have James Outman, all three lefties. Um, and then that's where oh, – oh, yeah, Mookie Betts plays shortstop now <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you... yeah. I think okay. that might have okay. happened, or at least been talked about. Yeah. Uh, last time we recorded. So, yeah. So he's been occasionally doing that. Um, so it, the only real time Trace Thompson gets is, is against Lefty. He did not start Sunday against 
a lefty, although the Dodgers played face like four lefties in five games. So that was part of it. Um, they also do that because they know they will pinch it for him later in the game, you know, when something happens, but he's been lost. So like that's getting an actual right-handed hitter who punishes lefties is probably one of their sort of trade target type priorities. Um, but like, yeah, I don't, I have a hard, given the role, it's not like it's going to be a starting right thing. So, I mean, you could see it like if, depending on the injuries they have or whatever, and they need an outfielder. But, like, both of them um, have only played double-A. However, so Josh Thomas over at Dodgers Digest, I saw him tweet that um, Pajas and DeLuca are both getting promoted to triple-A. I haven't seen that anywhere else. This is Sunday night. We'll know by Tuesday, so maybe even Monday before – uh, this podcast comes out, but like they're going to be in AAA sooner or later, whether they get promoted like this week or not. But you know, they'd have to have some success there first um, before doing anything. Both though, DeLuca is um, has probably had the better season, but like Pa has started out really hot too. Um, pa has is more like the light tower power guy, but also like sort of. Sneaky good defensively. DeLuca is more of like the, I think, I think he was like a, like multi-sport athlete, possibly ran track. I don't remember the exact, his exact deal, but super athletic, um, homers and steals. Um, so yeah, they could, they could work in a pinch, but like, I, I don't see that as being sort of a, a solution, more of like a, like a stop gap, sure. just given how they've sort of used that around. Like Michael Bush, for instance, a rung ahead of them, like played in AAA last year, started in AAA this year, got called up when first when Max Mun- Oh yeah, since, since we recorded, I don't remember the timing, but five Dodgers have had babies. Um, so you're you're the sixth as far as I'm concerned. Um, <laughs> you're, and and well, I guess seventh because Cody Bellinger was on the 2022 Dodgers. So it's it was uh, there was a lot going on. Um, but yeah, like so Max Muncie was on the paternity list. That's when they called Bush up, and then. JD Martinez in, um, hurt his back, so he stayed on the uh, he went on the injured list. So Bush stayed for like two weeks. He only played like seven of the fifteen games. He started four times. Got played sparingly, but like got some experience. So and that's like he's a little bit more advanced than those two are. Although I will say Bush doesn't have a position. He like he's not like a defender like either of those guys are. So maybe if a need arises and injuries happen, like that's when they would probably come up, but not, not, um, not necessarily as like a, you're replacing Trace Thompson type of a thing. Can a three true outcome Dodger team, they currently lead the national league in home runs, walks and are second in strikeouts succeed in 2023. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. Like, I mean, it, the, when we've talked about this a little bit before, after the 2018 world series, there was a lot of, is this team too reliant on the home run? Are they not putting enough contact on the ball? It's just kind of like, uh, aside real quick, MLB TV, you get the post game now, which has been generally, I've enjoyed it. Just the interviews of stuff have been great. But, um, Jerry Hairston loves to talk about putting contact on the ball and good things will happen. So sure. Uh, that came yeah. to mind, but you know, and there's some truth to that. Yeah. Um, uh, just a little bit more, sort of consistent results perhaps uh and and there was definitely you know shortly thereafter uh they acquired mookie bets not that shortly but shortly enough uh someone with really good uh contact skills so there's you know there seemed to be and obviously freddie freeman something to that uh of maybe making a conscious decision to focus a little bit more on on hit tools and less uh power but uh, you know whatever like if yeah. if you get if, you, if you're gonna hit the home as long as you're hitting the home run and doing the walking part it'll work out i i would say so you know we talked about outman earlier like he strikes out a lot but he's also bringing so much to the table um miguel vargas is like a different type of profile hitter like he's not i don't necessarily think of him as a home run hitter although he's probably gonna like hit at least in the twenties, like just mm-hmm. generally I don't know about this year specifically, but like going forward. Um, but he's, he is a, a, a very good like contact hitter too. Like he doesn't strike out a ton. 
uh, like less than a hundred times, like in a season. So like when he gets going and he's like, you know, hitting a lot of doubles and other stuff, like he could be that type of a hitter that sort of, you know, varies things, right? Like Freeman's that way. He, he homers enough to like, you know, where he's like had years in the high twenties and thirties, but like, he's a doubles guy and like, and he's a contact guy. Um, doesn't strike out a ton, but like, you know, Chris Taylor strikes out a lot. Like, um, you know, Outman does Mookie Betts strikes out a fair amount, not, not a ton, but like, I guess it just depends what comes with it. Right. Like they're, I think they, Will Smith, we mentioned like, he's not striking out. So like hit him, like right now he's, you know, he missed so much. Like, I think going forward with him taking a more of a share of the bats is probably going to like maybe help. And I just looked up, um, you mentioned that James Outman's struggling a little bit in May. If his struggling is a 349 on base with pretty good defense and center, that's that's fine. <laughs> exactly right. He, he only he only like tapered off. I will say I don't. Does that 349 include the over three today, like on Sunday? Uh, Even it, that, it's, it's like what it does. It does not. It does not. So like he's probably like what 338. Still yeah. still very very acceptable. Um, you, you would take that eight days a week, basically. Yeah. Now that I have a Beatles song in my head. Thanks, thanks, friend. Moogie <laughs> Betts has started 26 games in the outfield, seven games at second base, and five games at shortstop this season. The <laughs> fantasy players rejoice. The Dodgers are yeah. scheduled to play 89 games at the All Star break uh, uh, <laughs> before the before the All Star break starts. Wow, that's a busy All Star break. <laughs> Maybe it's games of Parcheesi. Who knows? That uh, and the draft. Oh my God! What a, what a busy few days. The contest. Pick the total number of games. Bets will start in the infield. Right now it is 12 when the teams take that break. Okay, so he's 12 out of 41 right now. So they have 48 more games. So mm-hmm. you can go first on this. Uh, 25. <laughs> it's too late to do anything more advanced than that's about halfway there. Let's double and then round up. How about that? So you say 25. I will say, so you got to figure maybe the Dodgers acquire Tim Anderson by then or something. <laughs> so he's been the name. Who knows what's going to happen there, but I saw the White Sox have been struggling badly. He had, there was a clip going around today where uh, I don't, I don't remember. I, was it, it was almost like the Alec Bohm thing from, was it last year or 2022 where I think it was last like, year. I, I hate this effing place, yeah. you know, <laughs> but like Tim Anderson was like, I think he's, I think he was like, I got to get out of this place or something like that. <laughs> it was something along those lines. So like things are going great in Chicago, but um, even that, like there's probably not going to be acquired till around the all-star break anyway. So like, it's not going to affect this that much, which is a way of me stalling um, to say 29. Okay, there you go. Yeah, it's going to clearly be twenty-seven since we're we have the, we're on the polls. So, all right, now I'm gonna. Oh, this is gonna make me hungry. For today's food question, I wanted to ask about those perennial bar food favorites: fried mozzarella sticks, calamari, jalapeno poppers, and the like. What are your favorite appetizers, not wings, at your pub oh. or sports bar? Wing. Oh, okay. no. Um, <laughs> so I, I'm not. What? I, I guess I. I'm trying to think like. I guess I just ha- I don't eat out that much anymore. Uh-huh. Uh, so like I, I haven't done the sports bar stuff a lot uh, recently. Like just really, I'll, I will say it, in the, like three weeks ago I did go to Buffalo Wild Wings though. So I will I, I want to say mozzarella sticks, although they're great. But so I will tell you what I ordered at Buffalo Wild Wings that wasn't wings the last time I was there <laughs> was um, was their fried pickles. Sure. Um, They're good. And a soft pretzel or it was like pretzel bites or whatever. Sure. So, yeah, yeah. No, I like um, pretzel bites. Get some beer cheese going. That's that's pretty good. But yeah, the fried stuff is so good, too. Like, well, obviously fried pickles, but um, the mozzarella sticks is pretty solid. I mean, you could go to a place that's going to mess those up because they're just, you know, getting. I don't know. Yeah, I think jalapeno poppers and the like have a have the biggest variance. It's got to be a perfect ratio of of pepper to cheese and friedness. And, and I've had a lot of bad ones, but good ones are great. And I think with with jalapeno poppers too, even mozzarella sticks. Like obviously, you have to have these hot, like like 
to the point like jalapeno poppers almost has to be piping hot but like mozzarella sticks can it, not that it can sit out for a long time mm-hmm. because that can get bad real fast and you're just like eating like really like room temperature string cheese in a weird bread um but like as long as it, i'm it probably has a little bit more stable like sh- like holding power than jalapeno poppers which can go really bad really fast but if they're super hot like yeah oh and the other thing i don't like um cream cheese and jalapeno poppers i only do mm. like some sort of cheddar jack whatever like yeah. that like i'm fine cheese. i'm fine with cream cheese yeah it's fine but yeah, jalapeno poppers are great um so i w- i'm gonna go on a mini rant here uh the, the 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 epitome of excellent bar food in theory at least is the chili's triple dipper which i want to make something clear i still love and i order it yeah. frequently when i'm at uh that particular establishment wait be- before before you go rent can you describe what that is because i do not i do not oh, know offhand what that is it's been a long time since I've it's been- what it sounds like you pick three appetizers that all come oh. with some sort of a dip uh, I'm sorry. I I thought I thought this was like a very specific thing that like had a this. If you say I want a triple dipper, they give you like no no no. You, you get a okay, pick. My, yeah, that's apologies. a whole. That's why it's so great. It's great. But the uh, problem the problem has become, and I don't know if this has always been the case because it's been around forever, and I I relatively late comer to it, meaning a decade ago. But it's gotten to the point where it's just you know five or six options come with ranch. Two, one comes with marinara and like a couple come with honey mustard that's and that's like single dipper <laughs> it's like i want a triple dipper where i have you know a dozen or so vehicle options and then two dozen or so sauce options that's what i want that's to me what a triple dipper evokes right and uh that's, so you're, you're the number of combinations is is tiny with that yeah yeah you're just are. getting a bunch of ranch maybe blue cheese if you prefer but chili's blue cheese is a little little iffy i think um when when i lived in san diego and so this is going back 20 years now to, up you know plus for a few years there i was at this in one apartment it was great because I was within walking distance to work. And also I, I, my apartment complex butted up against the parking lot of a big mall mm-hmm. and it was like a very widespread outdoor mall. And, um, this, the back end of the mall, which was right next to where my apartment complex was, was there was a red Robin and oh. to the point where it wasn't, I couldn't see it exactly from my door, but all I had to do was take a few steps outside of my door and I could see Red Robin. And like, I would just, that was like my go-to, uh, that sure. was more in my sports bar days or whatever. I would just go there <laughs> and then just chill for a little bit and then just walk home. Um, and their mozzarella sticks were, were I, I really enjoyed those quite mm. a bit. And, and so I think I, I, I like that a lot. I will say it got to the point where, so my, my nephew and I were sort of both doing like, I think we, we didn't, uh, he lived in a different city, but when we would get together, we, Red Robin was one of the places we would go to and got to the point where, so they, they had around, around Christmas time, they have the gift card deals or if you buy a certain amount, you get extra. So, but it got to the point where, um, one year it was like, they had like a, like a bonus bonus. So I think we, we paid 400 bucks worth of gift cards and ended up getting like 600 of gift cards. And then, um, he, so we split it. And so I, I had like a $300 gift card that I, it took me several weeks to, to play that out. So that, that was one of that. I, I consider that a long-term investment. Um, I'm very good with money. Um, I'm yeah, trying no, to, that trying was, to come up fun. with a new metaphor where sports bar days is, you know, it's like salad days from Shakespeare. Yeah. Oh, wait, something uh, else. wait, uh, yeah, but uh, so to me, for at least, at a, I guess it depends on the sports or, but I, if I, I almost would try to default to Caesar, a Caesar salad at a sports bar. So <laughs> I mean, that, that's you just all, shouldn't yeah. be doing a salad at a sports bar. It's just, yeah, it, yeah. It, I guess it depends. Like, you're, yeah, but, um, oof, man. It's a Sunday night, and you yeah. shouldn't be thinking about like <laughs> fried food, like just delicious mozzarella sticks. Now, I, like, there's limited options. I can't just go get some right now. I'm very sure mad you can. Grocery stores are open. You can, you know, 
There's plenty of frozen treats waiting for you. Yeah, but those are best when they're fried. I don't. I'm not have a That's fryer. That's fair yeah, enough. I don't. Like, yeah, so you, you probably someplace I'll sell you a fryer this time of night. <laughs> you know what? There, no, because all the streets right there. I guess maybe the people are still out that I saw this morning on uh, driving to the game. We're out on the the corners with flowers for Mother's Day. Now they're they're just out there with fryers. They're like, you want a fryer? <laughs> all right. Ah, we missed this. Haven't you all missed this? This is, this is a great podcast banter. But anyway, congratulations, Jacob, on a new baby. And happy you're back. Happy we are recording again. I uh, hope you all enjoyed this uh, sort of haphazard look back at the last few weeks of Dodgers baseball. And thank you for listening to the Three Inning Save, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. And we will talk to you again uh, next week. Thank you.